Welcome to the Simply Be Podcast, a branding and lifestyle podcast for those who seek to make massive change in their life and their businesses by creating a stronger connection with what makes you, you. I'm your host, Jessica Zweig, personal branding expert and founder of Simply Be. And through these conversations with my incredible guests and my own life experiences, I'm going to show you that the secret to developing a brilliant brand and a kick-ass life isn't more doing. It's more being. Let's dive in. This is a Soulfire production. You're listening to the Simply Be podcast, episode number 68. Well, hello, my beautiful, sassy, wildly amazing friends. You guys, this interview is fuego. I hope that you are feeling wild this month. For those of you that are just catching up, maybe you're here for the first time or aren't in the know of our brand new series called Be Intentional. So over the summer, I kicked off a series that is inspired by, of course, my book, Be, my brand, Simply Be, and I think my biggest message here on this planet, which is to teach all of us, myself included, to stop doing and step into our being. And as part of that, each month, we're going to explore on the show a different intention. August was be in integrity. In September, it's be wild. And who knows what next month is going to be. But we're in the midst of September. And since the theme is wild, I could not have a more perfect guest than Sadi Simone today on my show, who is just wildly, wildly authentic, living in his spiritual, sassy, incredible, inspirational life that is honestly going to move your soul. I literally want you to stop what you're doing. I think a lot of people, myself included, sort of multitask when they listen to podcasts. I want this one to hit your heart. I want this one to soak inside of your soul because he has a message that the whole world needs to hear for so many different reasons. Before we get into my incredible conversation with him, I want to remind you that in light of our monthly B intentions, I've created monthly Spotify playlists for you, curated by my very best friend, DJ Megan Taylor, who is a nationally recognized DJ, and she's a master at music. And we've actually created a Spotify subscription. So every single month, the playlist is going to change. But if you get the link, you've got access to all of the playlists each and every month. She's going to switch it up. So the way that you get access to those incredible playlists is heading on over to Apple Podcasts, leave us a review. It literally takes less than 30 seconds to hit five stars. Leave us a couple sentences. It really, really helps the show grow. What I want you to do once you leave that review is screenshot it on your phone and DM it to me over on Instagram at Jessica Zweig, and I will send you direct there in DM a link to the Be Intentional playlist subscription. So some context on how this interview with Saw today came to be. So I've been following him for a long time. I hit his Instagram up a couple of years back and saw him just dancing his heart out literally in his apartment as if the whole world was watching. And I felt so 
moved by his pure embodiment of self-love and authenticity. Then flash forward to a couple years later, I get a book deal with Sounds True, and I get word that Sadi Simone also got a book deal the same year I did and has the same editor as I do. And we're part of this incredible new family of authors at Sounds True Publishing, which publishes Danielle Laporte and Eckhart Tolle and Marianne Williamson and Sean Korn and Elena Brower. It's just such an incredible family of thought leaders to be a part of. And Alexandra Roxo, who's also become a dear friend, she's been on my show. Her book just came out, Fuck Like a Goddess. Sa and Alexandra are BFFs. And I just, I've heard from a few other people in my community have gotten book deals with Sounds True. And it just feels just like this new frontier, if you will, of voices. It's an honor that mine is included in that frontier that are really paving the way towards a more conscious, loving, inclusive, self-accepting earth. I could cry thinking about, about it, actually, how needed it is and what an honor it is to be a part of this community. It's also such a huge honor to have him on my show today. And if you don't know who Sa Simone is, you're, you're going to know, you're going to want to know more after hearing this interview. So, so Sa is a spiritual guide, a meditation teacher, an international transformational speaker, and best-selling author who has dedicated his life to helping others live in alignment and achieve their highest potential. His new book, Spiritually Sassy, Eight Radical Steps to Activate Your Innate Superpowers, published by Sounds True, drops today, you guys. Today is his launch day, September 22nd. How incredible and divine that I had scheduled to release this interview without even knowing that that was his actual pub date. I knew it was September, but I didn't know it was today. So I definitely want you to hear this incredible conversation and then go buy his book, support his work, accelerate his message. Because what he has got to say to the world is going to radically transform the world into love. I just so so behind him and I'm so excited to welcome him onto my show and introduce him to those that don't know him. And for those that do, (laughs) you know what to expect. So let's get into my incredible, inspiring, magical, spiritually sassy conversation with Sa Simone. You are a spiritual teacher, right? That is your, that's your business. That's your craft. And I believe that we are here on this planet to teach what we are here to learn. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yes. And your message is so rich and it's so authentic and it's so honest and it's so layered. And so before we talk about what you do for the world, I'd love to take it back mm-hmm. and for you to share how you began your spiritual mm-hmm. journey. Mm-hmm. And I love that you opened with this, like we're here, we're teaching what we have to learn the most. We're here to teach, you know, through all the, you know, every healing curriculum that we have overcome. That's really what I'm here to share with people. Um, and it's, it's amazing because yesterday I was, I was speaking about this, that like, what we're curious about, in my case, you know, I'll trace it back and I'll try to be linear about it too, as best as I possibly can. Mm-hmm. Um, it, so, you know, the things I've been curious about my whole life, it was, 
um, you know, the human condition, the human mind, you know, and wanting to uh, find a place of balance and relaxation within myself. Um, one, I was curious about depression. I was curious about addiction. I was curious about anxiety. I was, I was curious about how do we get through these things? And, and how come this is so prevalent aspects of the human condition? How come we're so addicted to so many things? How come we experience these low lows of anxiety, these low lows of depression, these high highs of anxiety? And, and why is our life so wrapped up in these extremes? Um, and, and to open the door to, to my curiosity was because I was deeply suffering with these three facets, addiction, depression, anxiety. And to, so then to trace it back a little bit more linearly, um, you know, moved, to, moved from Brazil to Florida when I was 16 with my family, uh, which was very, very difficult. Um, very difficult. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Moving to a new country without knowing the language, you know, to a school that was predominantly white. Um, it just trying to fit in and, and really like forgetting who I was and trying to be like everybody else um, was my way of, of like, it was, it was a way of survival really, you know? Um, so that was really challenging. And then when I was 19, I got the fuck out. Sorry, can we curse on the show, by the way? Fucking curse as much as you okay, want. Okay, perfect. Thank you. That's, <laughs> that's what I like to hear, honey. Uh, so I got the fuck out of Florida as soon as I could. And I, I, I went to LA and I was in LA. Now I'm back here in LA. Uh, almost like 12 years, 13 years later now. Um, anyway, so I was in LA uh, at that point, 19 to 20, 21. I got heavily into drugs and alcohol. Like cocaine was my best friend. Alcohol was, you know, it was, it was literally seven days a week. I was living, living, but it was, it was, you know, um, although I caused myself a lot of harm and I do, I, I am aware that there, that was a really difficult time for everybody around me too, because of how much internal chaos I was experiencing because of that internal chaos, how I was leaking into every facet of my external life. Um, I, oh my God, I have no regrets, but it, it's really, it was a really deeply uh, painful time in my life and then moved to New York and, and then got started in a fashion magazine, in a fashion world. And then when I was 23, I started this fashion magazine. And within a few months, the thing just took off and became a whole organism of its own. And it was amazing. And then I got really back into the drugs and alcohol again in a different way, in a way that I could actually perform a little bit. You know, I was getting high at work. I was like, you know, drinking every night and um, it was what I call what I was talking about somebody else the other day uh, on about addiction. A lot of people see addiction as somebody who's like living on the streets, drinking out of brown paper bag uh, and have no home or whatever or money. You know, they're, they're, they're homeless. Um, they think that that predicament is what addiction looks like. It's not, honey. If you can't sit with your boredom, if you can't sit with your with your if with any little unpleasant emotion that surfaces you and you have to immediately reach out for a quick fix. Sorry, boo, but you got to look at your habits. You might have a le- an addiction to porn, to social media, to food, to alcohol, to drugs, to gossiping, to complaining, to binge watching. I mean, addiction takes many shapes. And I'll talk more about addiction through a Buddhist perspective a little later. But just to give you what I was, my addiction was, uh, it was drugs and alcohol at that point um, because I was covering, I was trying to cope with the constant discomfort and internal chaos that was playing out inside of me from having never faced uh, the traumas of stepping into my queerness, stepping into my, to my fierceness and having been told my whole life, you're too much, you're too this, 
you're too wild, you're too, too, too anything. And how all the times that I've been told you're too, too, too anything, how that really was extremely traumatic. Much later, I understood the pain that it was and then how I was receiving this too, too much neglect and then how I was lashing out of different areas of my life. And for me to cope with that, drugs and alcohol became, you know, really, really solid friends and felt solid friends for a long time. Fast forward to the uh, fall of 20, I'm giving you a little bit of backstory because I think it's interesting for people to think about that. Um, fast forward to the fall of 2012, I, I was bought out of the company that I started with two friends. And the betrayal, the pain that came from that experience, you know, people that you thought you had uh, not only a business with, but you were, you know, you shared um, your, uh, your aspirations and your dreams and all the things together. Hmm. No, honey. The, the, the story, the karma that was the healing curriculum was very different, you know? So then it was in that fall that I said, you know what? Fuck this. I'm going to go, uh, I'm going to go move to Florida to this little beach town. And I'm going to, um, you know, start to do all the things that I've been curious about. I'm going to start to, you know, look into depression and anxiety and, 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 and addiction and start to change how I eat and start to, you know, uh, exercise and dance and meditate and practice yoga and chant mantras and be curious about Buddhism and, and you know, the, all the things that like now are so, are, are my, my, my every breath. So I spent a year sort of like incubating, researching, researching, still experiencing the lows and the highs and still a little bit of this, a little bit of that. But I had already started to take a step back from the addictive behavior, the, uh, you know, the addiction to the to that kind of mental mental states that I was experiencing and also the how we lashed out as, as external uh, reactions to, to the internal landscape. Right. And then I bought a one way ticket to India. And I said, bye, girl, I'm going to go. I want to go study. I'm going to go study with these masks. I want to see what's up. And, you know, at, at the end of the day, people ask me, what started you off? What was that set you on that path? It was my inability to forgive myself and to forgive other people. It was the fact that I had no tools for to sit with myself and say, oh, my God, I forgive myself for all the ways that I silenced myself. I forgive myself for all the ways that I muted myself, all the ways that I caused myself harm. And because of the ways I cause myself harm, I cause other people harm. And then I also forgive all the people who intentionally or unintentionally cause me harm as well. This trifecta of forgiveness was the first uh, piece that I wrote for this new book, Spiritually Sassy. It was the uh, chapter that I read. I went to- Oh, wow. Oh, my God. Yeah. And that's a heavy one to go into, you know? Uh, but that was what the first chapter that I wrote for the book. It, well, it's not the first chapter. But it was the first chapter that I wrote for the book because I find that oftentimes in the spiritual world, um, in the spiritual uh, work in general, and um, or healing journey, I should say, oftentimes the word forgiveness is, is is maybe even looked down upon or not spoken of enough. You know, I, every it's, as soon as I arrived in the Himalayas and I was doing the, it was sitting in meditation and practice and all the things. Every time I would close my eyes, my mind would spiral far into the past. You know, teachers were saying, be present, honey. I was like, I can't. My mind is going way the fuck to what happened to me when I was 16, 18, 20, 27, all the things. So forgiveness was like the secret sauce that it, it ushered my way into presence. Uh, so that's a little bit of the backstory. And then to just surface back, like now what I tell people often, it's like everything that you have overcome, it's probably what you're here to teach. 
all the things that you have landed at the other side is what you're here to offer to the world in your own unique way, right? So that's a little, uh, a long answer to a short question. No, it's a, an amazing answer to that very big question. And you, you mapped it out beautifully. So what does it mean to be spiritually sassy? Yes, I'm glad you're opening with that. Yes. So spiritually sassy, there's a couple ways of looking at it. First, I want to speak to spiritually sassy as a movement, as a home for those who never felt like they have a home. And, and this traces back to me even living in, in ashrams and monasteries and dharma centers all around the world, mostly in India and Nepal. Um, but being at these places and, you know, with 200 people, with 100 people, with 80 people and looking around and the vast majority of people were, I could count on my fingers, the amount of black, brown, queer bodies around me. And that was, a, that was later on, I was like, oh my God, like, and at first I was just doing the thing I was trying to fit in. I was trying to like, you know, um, you know, do the things like how everybody else was doing, because I felt like me letting my, my fierceness, my light, my sass, my play, my loud laughter, my, my sensual dance show up. It was wrong because in those spaces, what I found to be prevalent, and this is my own experience, right? Very important to note that. Uh, because I still study in my lineage, I still follow the teachings, but my understand my my uh, interpretation of, of what happened uh, it was it was just a lack of diversity uh, then made the teachings and the and the teaching spaces unsafe for black brown queer bodies because the teachers were heteronormative were were white uh, were cisgender. Uh, and nothing wrong with that, but if you are wanting to teach to the modern world, you gotta open up the space to bring to make sure that the place that you that people are healing is safe for everybody to to sit in, you know, and just feel that their trauma, that their experience is valid. And I felt like my experience of, of uh, as a as a queer uh, brown body, you know, as a Brazilian, uh, it, it just wasn't it wasn't fitting into the space. And then guess what? I found myself doing. I started to enter into what I call the zombie Zen. The zombie Zen is this forced seriousness that's very prevalent in that kind of space. Mm. And I find that what has been stripped away from, from some of these spaces has been because of the lack of diversity, the lack of brown, black, queer, fierce, loud expression in these places. You know, um, so I found myself modeling after people that for them, the zombie Zen, the sports seriousness worked. It clearly did not work for me. So I kept dragging my throne into every table and being like, approve of me. I, I, I'm, I'm worthy of healing. I'm worthy of this place. I belong here. And having people just, you know, give you this look up and down, like, oh, oh. And then, oh, at some point I was just like, you know what? Fuck this shit. I'm just going to drag my fucking throne. I hope everybody who's listening, you also would drag your throne to the place where you are celebrated, loved, and, and, and literally, honey, your extraness, your too muchness that you've been told in the past, in this space, in this movement, you're loved for that. And it's with that extraness that we're going to pave the way back into our hearts and share that with the world far and wide. So I just created a new table. I said, this new table is called Spiritually Sassy. And in this table... If spirituality was for everybody, this is for everybody else. And this is a takeaway, the fact that there's a lot of people who, who don't, are not part of this, uh, the, the fringe or the misfits or, uh, you know, brown, black, queer, any, anything in this other uh, part of the human um, 
species and kind, but if you've always wanted to be self-expressed, if, if you've always wanted to, be, to, to dive into this, to the spiritual path so you could unlearn the conditioning that holds you back and keeps you contracted, but you wanted to dive into the spiritual path so you can unlearn that and you can remember that you're fierce, that you're loud, that you're bold, that you can be. And however way of being bold and loud and fierce is your own unique way of doing it, that's you being radically authentic to yourself. And that's the spiritual path that's just all about. The movement is that, that's the movement. And then the spiritually sassy as a practice in itself is essentially about bringing playfulness and joy and laughter and dance and sensitivity and sensuality back into the spiritual path, which I find to have been stripped away from, uh, from the, the, you know, the journey back into our hearts, the, the depth of our spiritual work could be seen by how often you're laughing, by how, uh, laughing and, and playing and being humorous and, and not being too serious. And, and like, it really, and, and it took me all these years to then recognize like, oh shit, when I was sitting with that guru and this guru and that one, the foundation of the talk, the foundation of the experience, we're giggling, we're laughing. How did I miss that? How did I miss this important piece to the puzzle? You know? Um, so that's, that's in short, some of the things. And, you know, I had a couple of an amazing, uh, rare opportunities to sit with a saint who spent 12 years in a cave in the Himalayas and telling her about my experience and saying that what I wanted to do with the book and all the things. Um, and, you know, we're talking about some of these foundational uh, things that are, you know, across every Buddhist uh, lineage, uh, across every Buddhist school. And we're speaking about the role of joy and how oftentimes it's not talked about and how some people, you know, even think of Buddhism as a, as a, oh my God, it's kind of morbid because you, you speak to suffering or a pain being the nature of life and so much about suffering. It's like, yeah, honey, but the whole purpose of it is for you to find joy while you're experiencing pain. It's for you to find joy while you're experiencing trauma. It's for you to find joy in the face of challenges. It's a radical perspective change. So spiritual sassiness it's an embodied permission slip to be full, to be fierce, to transform your mind, to open your heart and to look motherfucking amazing while you're helping the world. So fashion is part of the mission. Beauty is part of the mission. You know how your hair looks. Everybody has to look at you. Give them something epic to look at. That's, that's, that's literally and, and, and non-verbally. What are you communicating non-verbally to the world? You know, presence speaks louder than words. We know the scientific research shows that 90% of communication is nonverbal. So what are you communicating with the way you put yourself together with the quality of your mind, you know? So that's, that's a, you know, what spiritually sassy is as a movement, as a home, and what it means to, to, to be spiritually sassy as a, as, a, as a path, as a spiritual path. Does that make sense? Oh my gosh, it makes so much sense. <laughs> it's like beating so fast listening to you talk. It feels so full listening to you talk. First of all, your message in this movement, in this way of being is so necessary and it is so now. And I'm so, the world is ready for it. And I'm so excited that your book is coming out at this now time, because I think people are really finally awakening, you know, and ready to hear it. And I love that you made that point about joy. Mm. I, I had a session with a shaman earlier today, just a typical day in the life. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. <laughs> and we were talking about the power of joy and enjoying the journey and how 
we miss that. We think about, you know, being spiritual is sitting, meditating, closing our eyes, losing our mind, becoming one, and, and it's serious. And really the medicine of healing comes in fun. Like when I first found you, it was watching you dance. Yes. <laughs> and watching you dance was so electric. And by the way, I subscribed to half of your Spotify playlists and like your music is medicine. <laughs> That's, I think, such an, a missed part of the spiritual narrative. And the fact that you're bringing that to the forefront is so amazing, Sa. So thank you for that. Oh thank my God. You. Thank you, my love. Thank you. You mentioned Buddhism. Mm-hmm. You practice tantric Buddhism, mm-hmm. correct? Mm-hmm. What is that? Essentially, it's Vajrayana. It's a Vajra, it's Vajrayana. There's three main uh, schools of Buddhism. There's Theravadan, Mahayana, and Vajrayana. So I've dipped my toes. Actually, I didn't dip my toes. I, I jumped head in because it's my style. Full body landing <laughs> uh, into all schools. And then when I found the Vajrayana path, uh, Tantric Buddhism, also known as Tantric Buddhism, I, I, I found home because these were teachers who are telling you that people who have extreme emotions are, are, are ready to become completely free. You know, these are people who, uh, who are taking everything and using every single thing we have to become free. You know, we're not, we're not saying no to, to, uh, to our desires. We're not saying no to challenging emotions. We're not neglecting, subduing, bypassing. We are experiencing the fullness of it all and recognizing that it is with these extreme states that we can flip the script and turn that, that into fuel to, towards awakening. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally it does. And yeah, and then, I mean, there's, there's also very important thing to note is like the main teachers that, I, that I'm, that I'm um, uh, you know, following uh, the work now is somebody who's married queer people, who's spoken about queerness. It's somebody who has the word queerness, homosexuality as part of the vocabulary. And I have never, outside of his holiness, the Dalai Lama, who openly said that love is love. It doesn't matter if it's same sex or not. Love is, is innate and it's a baseline for everybody. Um, and how, and then later on, this teacher is speaking about it, about, about, about this in, in very traditional settings. And I just found to be like one of the most amazing things ever. And then, you know, hearing stories of, of, of tantric Buddhist masters who have, uh, you know, gone. These are people who are traditional monks. They're in monk robes, but coming into different parts of the world and wearing booty shorts and fishnets and high heels to experience that. Yes. In, order to, in order to experience that, to turn that, whatever their aversion that they had, towards fishnets and booty shorts and high heels because that's something that women do. Oh, that's something that these people do. That's one thing. Like all the labeling that we have attached, that's negative, that's this, that's that, da, 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 into these experiences and reclaiming the meaning of that experience, you know, and, and using that experience as a means to awaken. Does that make sense? Makes- so that's in short, that's in short the, the path, you know, and find what works for you, honey. But important thing is to, is to stick with something for, for a while. You know, I think a lot of people now it's, um, you know, multitasking and listening to this and that da, 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 million things all the time from, you know, um, every single, they do five different kinds of meditation from five different kinds of teacher in, in five days. And, it, you know, there's something beautiful about that, but there's something very, very, um, disorienting about that because 
you're not giving yourself enough time to transform. Yeah. You're not giving yourself enough time to, to actually recognize that in practice, it's going to be turbulent and chaotic. But who are you once you open your eyes? What happens after the practice? People are not waiting for that. They want that practice to be blissful and ecstatic and a glimpse of enlightenment. And if it's not, they go to the next. Honey, sorry, you missed the plot, honey. You missed the plot. Eyes closing practice. Oftentimes, it's not going to be that blissful, ecstatic experience. The blissful, ecstatic experience is going to happen next time you go visit your mom and she starts playing the old game and you're able to be like, girl, you're funny. (laughs) That's enlightenment right there. That's the glimpses of freedom is right there. You're able to walk by a homeless person in the street and not put them on a box and be like, you're gross. You don't have the potential that I do. You're never going to be free. You're never going to be happy. I'm not going to give you $5 because you're probably going to go smoke crack with that. Enlightenment looks like you walking by this person saying, here's $20. May you be free. May you become a Buddha before I do so you can show me the way. That's what enlightenment looks like. You miss the plot if you're intoxicated by self, by these feel-good feelings that your, your, your practice is bringing and you're not doing anything ethical about in, in regards to change the world. You miss the plot. That's not spiritual path. That's, that's well, well, the term that happens a lot in the space right now. That's a... So that's a, you know, intoxication, what I like to call it. I could not agree with that more. And it is so needed and beautifully stated. I think that people, a lot of people on the line are on a different, different stages of their spiritual journey, right? And they can listen to someone like you and they listen to someone like me that is, you know, extremely evolved in, in our own right. And, but yet we're saying the same thing about waking people up to their authentic truth and we do it in different modalities. That's right. What does Speaking of practice, what does your daily practices look like? What tips and tricks, if you will, on, mm-hmm. from an implementation standpoint, can you recommend to people who are really curious about going further into their own mm-hmm. journey? Mm-hmm. Beautiful. I love this question. And this is where it all lands. It's stop intellectualizing spirituality, actualize it by putting into fucking practice, honey. It's that simple. <laughs> okay. So here's the first things first. Habits inventory. Look at your shit. Look at your shit, honey. Who are you when no one's watching? Who are you when there's people around? Who are you when you look yourself in the mirror? And the first time in the morning, who are you when you're, when you're choosing what you eat? Like every single thing. Spiritual inventory is a foundation to begin the, pro- the process, right? So look at the tendencies of mind. Are you someone who's mostly ruminating, which is dwelling in the past? Or you're someone who's catastrophizing, worrying, and worst case scenario about the future, looking at the extremes of the mind, looking at all mental tendencies, really being honest about it. How vicious is your inner critic? Let it be heard. Give it a name. You know, make friends with that part of you. Hey, girl, come in. What's up, boo? Hi. Greet it. You know, greet it. So internal inventory, look inside and then look outside. What are the things that you do out in the world? You know, I'm speaking about how are you, how often are you generous? What are you consuming? What are you eating? Are you binging on Netflix on, on those uh, shows that's all about killing and, and this or that? Like we have to recognize that the mind is documenting every single thing. Nothing goes unseen. People forget that. Your mind is being created by every single thing that you're ingesting, honey, you know? And, and, and so thinking about it like that. So internal inventory, external inventory, look at all the habits, you know, really spend one day tracing. Make a sheet, take a piece of paper, say spiritual inventory, internal habits, external habits. 
What happens in your mind when you see your boss? What happens in your mind when your mom calls? What happens in your mind when you receive an email? What happens in your mind when your boyfriend doesn't text back? What happens in your, like literally just go through your day and take and, and, and look what's happening inside and, and externally. What do you do when you don't get the text back? Oh, I judge myself. First of all, I'm whipping myself, Mm-mm, whipping, whipping, whipping. And then guess what I do? I reach in and I go for the fridge and I pull out a bottle of vodka and I pull out an ice cream and might as well just order an eight ball too. You know, that, if that's your habit, take, take charge. Look at that. We're not judging right now. We're not criticizing. We're just being aware. Awareness is the first step, right? So spiritual inventory is first thing. First thing. Second thing, foundation. Relearn how to breathe. A lot of people come to me. They're like, teach me how to meditate. I'm like, honey, do you know how? Let me, let me see a deep breath. Let me show me a deep breath right now. And they're like, they breathe up here. Convicular breath. Their, their shoulders go up. I'm like, oh, honey, you got work to do before we close the eyes, baby. It's okay. Uh-huh. No worries, but relearn how to breathe. The breath that I want you to do is four to six times per minute. It's not the 12 to 16 times per minute that an ordinary depressed or anxious person, AKA everybody <laughs> uh, is breathing like it. It's a shallow breath, very clinical, very, very short. What I want you to do is I want you to go to the point where it's almost nauseating for all of us who've never taken a deep breath, really long to the third part of the lung all the way down. What's going to look like is your belly rising going to look like that. Of course, you're not breathing to the bottom of the belly, but once you're breathing to all parts of the lung, it's going to look like you're breathing deep into the belly. The, the lower belly is inflating. So relearn how to breathe four to six times per minute, which is a very deep breath in and a very deep breath out. And then concentrate your mind. Find a practice that helps you to concentrate your mind. It might be uh, awareness of the breath. It might be a mantra. Um, start with that you know don't jump into conceptual meditations right away and i know it's edgy for a lot of people but don't do that don't go visualizing things don't go dreaming up it's a manifestation practice cute honey but you're manifesting from a from a a wobbly place concentrate your mind first right so concentration on mind is another one dance do something that awakens your body you know run to the point of sweating um and i mean the the other thing to also always remember is drink enough water, sleep beautiful, uh, you know, have a, 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 a practice before bed, you know, so you sleep well. I like to read before bed. I like to put my phone away and sleep and, and, and read before bed. Um, and then stop eating fucking sugar. Jesus Christ. Stop eating junk sugar, honey. You're, we have to look at scientific research as well. Uh, you know, it shows that like depression and anxiety starts in the gut and it's an inflamed gut. So, you know, this is, these are some of the things. And then, you know, in the spiritual assessment book, the entire book is a practice book in itself. So it's going to ask you to literally face your shit and reclaim your superpowers, but it will ask you to like, you know, implement these, these habits, implement new habits, new practices. Um, but in short, you know, it's, it, you really have to like, Take into account that like spirituality is not 15 minutes of meditation in the morning, that there's no spiritual life and business life and personal life. That's all bullshit. The path is about coming out of the spiritual closet. The path is about spiritualizing your entire life. There's no separation. If you're trying to separate, you're, you're compartmentalizing your traumas, boo. Let me just tell. It's just another way of, of your looking at external life. So uh, these are some of the things, you know, I, I, can give you, I can give you a list of things for this all day, every day, you know, I know you could, what's so great about what you just said. So I was like, uh, breathe, drink water, get good sleep. Don't eat shit. You know, move your body. Uh, those are the, the things that we have to do to optimize 
That's right. our, our wellness, mind, body, and spirit so that we can hear and receive Mm. And and live our best lives. I mean, it's not that complicated. And it's I not said about meditation because I meditate. It's changed my life. I've been on a journey with it for a long time. I'm, I sometimes do yam. Sometimes I listen to some music. Sometimes I do a visualization to go with mm-hmm. chill out with spirit animals. It's different all the time, but really yeah. creating a relationship with it that's super super loving and super gentle. Instead of trying to fit yourself into a box or an app, it's just I think people really need the permission to make meditation their own. Wouldn't you uh, agree? Yes. And I also, yes. I mean, I, it's it, the, 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 I think make it your own. As soon as you, you know that the practice um, is working, but let me just sort of like backtrack a little bit, like in the traditional uh, text, it says that there's three main kinds of meditation, right? There is concentration, there is analysis, and there's conceptual. Um, and, and what I want people to do first is, is concentrate their mind, is like recognize that there's very few things that could be perfected. One of them is your concentration, and the other ones are the qualities of your heart. What we call it in the Buddhist uh, uh, philosophy psychology is the Brahma Viharas, right? It's the four qualities, the four faces, the four rhythms of the heart. The, the qualities of the heart can be perfected. Our concentration can be perfected. So concentration of mind helps. It's, you know, in short, is the quality of your attention dictates the quality of your life. I mean, it, it really is that simple, you know? So if you're not, if you don't have awareness of the present moment because your mind is so freaking scattered all the time, you're in five different planes of existence every single moment and you're, you're operating life like that, um, then you're missing life, honey. So you need a practice that helps you concentrate the mind. Why is that? Because a concentrated mind is a happy mind. A happy mind gives you direct access to your best qualities on demand. You don't have to seek deep down into your spiritual fanny pack to pull out a little bit of compassion or deep, deep, deep way down to pull out a little bit of joy. No, it's always, it's, it's there. You don't have to think about it. It arises. It's, it's spontaneous arises in the face of difficulties and, and concentration of mind helps you to stop overly identify with the passing waves of the mind you know internal chaos external chaos you're not overly identifying when you have a concentrated mind you're able to recognize that thoughts feelings and emotions they're empty and they're transient in nature we and we are seeing we're looking up at the sky and this is you know as using the sky as our internal landscape right as a metaphor we're looking up at the clouds and saying, this thunderstorm is who I am. I am a thunderstorm. My life is cracked. I am a bad person. This, uh, this bad day has become a bad life, right? Because of a passing cloud. But with concentrated mind, which you're able to, you know, release the grip and recognize that, baby, you're the sky itself. You're as vast as the sky and as bright as the motherfucking sun. Unless you have a concentration, a, a concentrated mind, you're going to, every single thought that passes by, you're going to wear that out and you're going to enter the world like that. Every single feeling is the truth, is the true indicator of my life. Every single, every single sensation is a tr- true indicator of who I am and of my, how my day is going to go, how my life is going to go. If you don't have a concentration of concentrated mind, you're going to believe that thoughts can hurt you, that feelings determine who you are, you know? So that's why I always say to people like, yeah, make meditation your own, do your thing. Like I, I you know, and, and, and I have to also say, you probably have a very, very beautiful karma 
that you're able to do these specific things and they're working for your comic. You're, you might, if we're looking from a comic effect, you probably are extremely advanced practitioner, honey, you know, and, and that's, that's a special thing. And we have to celebrate that, you know, it's a very beautiful thing. And who, if you're, if you're somebody who's coming into life with all these, you know, there's so many things like if, if, if you're scattered as fuck, like I was start with the foundation, Yes. concentrate your mind, honey. The breath is the pathway to freedom. The bath, the breath is a pathway to the present moment. And then introduce a mantra, but use the mantras and the breath as a single object of focus for you to rest your entire attention on the breath or on the mantra and where the breath and where your attention meets the breath, that's your home base and do your best effort to become one with the home base. That's it. And then life changes because your, your ability to pay attention to life changes. What's no longer, what's, what's ordinary is now extraordinary. You know, there's, it, you, you, you cry because things are so beautiful. You know, it's like I go on my run and I legit, I am literally like, holy fucking shit. Look at my life. <sighs> it's that. It's this, the tears of ecstatic joy. And that's possible. I was experienced suicidal ideation not too long ago, honey. Look where I'm at now. It's possible. You know, that's why. Love that. Yes. And I say that all the time. So let's talk about where you are now and your beautiful platform and your business and your book that's coming out. How do people work with you? How, do you, how have you set up your business? I say this all the time, that it is such an exciting time to be alive for many reasons, but in 2020 to launch a website, call it our name, mm-hmm. tell what makes us happy and make a career out of what we love. That's right. It's, right? That's, that, is, that is really what, what's up, honey. For everybody listening, like that is a, a real potential that we all have, you know, like, okay. So before this year I was doing, I was working, you know, I was doing talks and teachings all over, but I was, my big bread and butter was seeing clients one-on-one. And this is CEOs, top models, you know, musicians, you name it, the full scope of people. But I was doing one-on-one in person, right? In person. Like I would fly out to see somebody for, you know, 24 hours or even for one hour really at the end of the day, you know, but I would be somewhere else for 24 hours. But it, to have that, or I would go to, you know, different parts of the world for three days uh, to just work with people in that capacity. And then uh, uh, January came around. I launched my first online course and it was wildly received. It was called Shifting from a Mindset of Scarcity into a Mindset of Abundance. And that just sort of, you know, showed me that like, oh, wow, if over 7,000 people are doing this course and in the past, I was only being able to offer things to people, you know, classrooms sometimes, you know, from 40 to 500 people. And these are very privileged people who can be in, in, in all these rooms. How come I won't put something out there that's like super accessible, super easy. So then it just opened my door for a completely new world. And little did I know that April you know, the world is going to close and then everything we're going to have to do is online anyways. So then I launched the, the spiritually sassy membership, which we're slowly in the process of, of bringing um, a, 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 the next iteration, which you have its own app. And it's going to be called spiritually sassy school. And um, it's, it's a, it's a hub that has all the meditations, all the courses, all the resources that have helped me to be here today. Um, so it's the, you know, you have the, the spiritually assessed school, which is soon to be school right now. It's just called the spiritually assessed membership. And, uh, you have, you know, this book spiritually sassy, and then you have the first book, uh, which is called five minute daily meditation. 
And um, yeah, that's kind of like, oh, I'm still working with a handful of, of private students, you know, who are very disciplined and where are, um, uh, you know, really at, their, at, at a point in their lives where they're ready to uh, make an impact in the world, you know, spiritualizing every single part of their lives. Um, so that's a little bit of, that's a little bit, does that make sense? Yeah. yeah totally. We can speak about business because it's such a, we're, we're creating where it's, I don't know, you know, you just literally are just creating it and you're just going, where is your joy? Go that way. I have found in my career and so many people that I love and admire that when you get into alignment with your purpose and with your truth, when you own your gifts, it, it really opens up for you. The, I have a book coming out, as you know, and the very first quote in my book states, not be surprised how fast the universe will respond once you have decided. Ooh, that's good. It's the theme of, of my life and it's, it's something I see happening all around me. And mm-hmm. I love to hear that you've kind of created this business out of service, right? Mm-hmm. Out of being authentically you. And you've touched so many people all across the world. And I just want to briefly touch on, because I have a lot of entrepreneurs on the line people who are you know, listening to my show because they're interested in how to build it and, and marketing and social media, your Instagram mm-hmm. is fucking fire. Oh, and, thank you. <laughs> oh, I go deep on it a lot. And you, uh, you know, I found you when you started the da- dancing. And well, when mm-hmm. I initially found you, you were just dancing and that's how I remembered you. Mm-hmm. But if you really watch your videos, you straight to camera, every, you know, we just have a message. You've got these ridiculously amazing reels with the, thing you do now and I'm fucking up keep publishing they're so good they're so good but like oh, thank you so like, much my love I wish I could squeeze you such a tight hug we right will now. have thank to you. do that at some point because we're part of the Sounds True family so I'm hoping I get to connect yes, with please. people in person in, eventually but you know what's your approach to, to that platform because you just do it so well and your engagement is fire mm-hmm. thank you babe uh, and that's such a delicious question very necessary it's when you stop giving a fuck, that's when things start happening. Sorry, honey, but I was literally like, let me just tell you the very, there was a very specific moment. I was staying at a, at a, at a, at a you know, before having, having turned my, my message into a business, I was living in India with like a $20 budget a day, right? So I was staying at guest homes, ashrams, monasteries, very little. And then when I, when my life, you know, shifted, then I'm going to India now, stay at a hotel, like, a, like an adult, right? Doing things a, a little bit, a little bit different where there's the shower, there's hot water, you know, the toilet flushes, stuff like that. Like, you know, you're not sleeping on the floor. There's a bed, like stuff like that. Right. You know, like the, 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 the comforts that, that support you to then go to, um, you know, to the next level where I, I found that I, that I needed now, um, getting older, um, and so point being is I'm in this hotel in Daramsala, in McLeod Gunge, like outside of my hotel um, balcony, I could see his home is the Dalai Lama's temple. Okay, this is where homie lives. This is where, you know, this radical saint that's changed the lives of millions of people and continues to and has been such a massive inspiration in my life. Um, I could see it. I'm on my underwear wearing a kimono that I bought in Bali, hand-painted, by this queer artist who the kimono is a love letter to his ex-lover, the back of the kimono. And I'm new, I'm taking you the picture so you get what I'm talking about. I have a, on Spotify, I love music. Music is a deep spiritual practice for me. 
It's we're moving as a prayer. We're moving as, as with intention to free ourselves. That's the practice, why it works. I have a Spotify where the Spotify weekly, where it's the, you know, what they offer, the new things to come out every week, which, you know, um, the new Madonna song comes on and it's Madonna and this other guy, I forgot. Maybe it's Maluma, the name of the guy. And I listen to it and it activates this in me. And I have my underwear. I put my, I put my phone up, I pop it up and I just literally let you have it, honey. I'm, I'm, I'm saying I'm letting you have it because I'm having an ecstatic experience of mm, transformation and healing and freedom. And I've entered you know, the Buddha field, I've entered that place of pure potentiality of complete and utter heaven on earth. I've activated that in, with a dense practice. And I post it with a beautiful text, speaking about, you know, sharing about an, an, an experience of, uh, you know, sharing the importance of, of checking in with people who are experiencing depression or talking about mental health or talking about suicidal ideation. It, here's, the, here's the key. What I'm saying is it's become my job to seduce people to take care of themselves. It's become my mission to seduce people, allure them in with me dancing in a really sensual and, and, and self-expressed way. And when you get to read the caption uh, or now just see the videos, I, I have been doing the dances in other, in the IG lives now more fully, um, not for only my account, but a variety of different places now. Um, but what I'm saying is when you do what sets you free without looking at, oh, let me see what this person's doing. Let me see what that person's doing. Every single time I've looked up to see, oh, what are they doing? Let me do something like that. I've lost the plot, you know, I've lost the plot. So when I took the chance to be a spiritual guide and be dancing on my underwear in a sacred town, in a sacred village to talk about suicidal thoughts and mental health and all the things that I'm excited and, and, and happy to share tools and practices with, with the combination of both. I have your attention, honey. And then you're going to read that caption and then you're going to take action, yes. you know? So that's one way of, of thinking about this. And um, I'm trying to think other ways that people, I get this question quite often too. And, you know, it's like really deepen your, deepen your understanding of what you're saying. Like, don't, don't just read a book and, and call yourself something. Don't just like, read two books and call yourself something. Don't just do one thing and call yourself that it's, it's too easy, but you're not going to have uh, authentic and actualized material to share. You're going to constantly be trying to regurgitate what other people are saying in order for you to f- stay relevant. You know, does that make sense? It can, it's the best Instagram. I know that was the question, but it's seriously marketing advice that I try and teach every day. It's uh, be authentically you and do what lights you up and share your heart with the world. And it doesn't matter if everyone's going to like it because no one, no, everyone won't, but your people will. And that's the secret sauce to your success. You don't need everyone to like you, to, to make an impact in your corner of the world. And you that's were right. doing that. And everyone go check out Sad's Instagram because it just is like light yeah. and joy. And yeah. you had a recent like Konyo video yeah. that, that yeah. either permission slip. Mm. And that's actually the motto, the mission statement actually for my business. Oh my God. Tell me about it. It just states simply when my business is called simply be right. When you free yourself to simply be yourself, you give everyone around you the permission to do the same. Oh my God. There it is, honey. Ooh, exactly. Say it loud for people in the back, honey. Right? Oh. Exactly. That's it. That's it. We're, you're, you're doing that so beautifully. 
So speaking of permission, let's, let's, uh, I want a couple quick fire questions for you. Oh my God. I don't do well on those at all, but go. That's okay. Well, these are in line with you and <laughs> okay, they're heavier questions, but I, I want to get this in because I, okay, I have a lot of different people who listen to my show Yeah, and I want them to hear some words of wisdom from mm-hmm. you. Can I just say one more thing? Like there's weeks on Instagram that I would get like, 2,500 new followers, but I will lose 1,700 followers. And who gives a fuck, honey? You're, you're bringing in more people who are, who are loving what you're doing. And I also have to tell you one thing, the, the ecstatic dance thing on Instagram, Deepak Chopra's team found me and asked me to teach that. You would have never put this, the, 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 that together. And then here, here I am with one of the most iconic spiritual teachers in the world on stage. And he's posting a video later on his main page saying, we're dancing our way to enlightenment. You can't, you can't make the shit up, honey. But that only happens when you truly do you loud and clear. So I just wanted to make sure people know, you know, that it, it, it really just, you know, drop in and, and, and every single time you post a video, post something, offer with a blessing. I always say, may mm-hmm. you reach the right people, may, may you help as many people as possible, you know? And do it from that place. And I have a wisdom mantra that I have a wisdom and a compassion mantra. I'll just say it, but you don't, it's the wisdom is Omara Pazananti. It's a Manjushri mantra. And in the compassion mantra is for Tara, it's Om Tare Tutare Ture Soha. And then it goes, wisdom, compassion. I press send, I press enter and it goes. And may you have the, the may you do its thing, honey, you know? That's what I'm saying. I just saying. wanted to add that in. Yeah. No, I love it. It's just in back to be, being the permission slip and letting yourself show what it's, what's possible. What a, what, a, what a fucking exciting time it is to be alive that you could post your authentic dance videos on Instagram and be on stage with Deepak Chopra not too long after. That's this it. is the potential that every single person hearing has. Every person hearing, that's your potential too, honey. Don't just be like, oh, size this, size that. Uh, uh, but you know, no, 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 no. no. Well, this you. is why I wanted to yes. ask you these questions because oh. I think you're a guide and a beacon of inspiration for so many people who don't feel that empowered, but they can. So my question for you, I have a few of these quick fires. Ooh, I'm on the edge of my seat. Uh. <laughs> so in a few sentences, what would you say to the young woman who hates her body? <sighs> That's a good word. You hate your body. Mm, I've been there too. I mean, a few sentences, a little bit hard, but I'm going to try to give you just a little something, honey. Okay. I want you to put on the spiritual, spiritual stilettos. I want you to visualize that you're wearing spiritual high heels. And I want you to walk up and down your house with your shoulders rolled back, your chin parallel to the ground. And I want you to visualize the whole world celebrating your beauty. That makes sense. I want you to visualize the world wishing you well celebrating your beauty, celebrating every single aspect of you, okay? And walk up and down your house like a spiritual supermodel. Think Naomi in the 90s. That's the walk. Stop being afraid of walking like that. Roll your shoulders back. I know it was one sentence, sorry, but I'm just like, shit, I got to give you something. Mm." And on the other side of that is, is forgive yourself for believing that narrative and forgive everybody who had, you know, coke you know, cook that narrative into your mind stream, forgive them, forgive yourself. And, 
you know, do something that helps you to love yourself every day. I mean, I'm telling you that dancing with really sexy clothes helps you to stand into that power. Amen. I love that advice. What advice would you give to the person of color at a predominantly white workforce who's afraid to speak up in his or her voice? Mm, Such good question. (sighs) Well, first of all, you belong wherever you are. You know, like uh, you have value because you're because you're because you are alive. You have value. You know, it's very important to remember that. And you're not speaking up, honey. You're doing yourself a disservice and you're doing others a disservice because you have a voice that hasn't been heard. What does that mean? You have a light that hasn't been seen. And that light is fucking bright and beautiful and extraordinary and delicious and iconic and legendary. And it needs to be seen. You shining your light will help everybody who's around, who's who's in that work meeting. Like literally, they're going to learn something different about themselves. And they're going to learn how to exist in the world that is not predominantly white, you know, in a world that doesn't look like their immediate family, you know, you're going to, you're going to be doing them an extreme service by just saying a few words, you know, but do it from this place, do it from this fierce place, shoulders back, same, same, same guidance I gave earlier, shoulders back, chin parallel to the ground. Stop saying, sorry, stop saying, just want to say this. I just want to add that one. No, no, stop. Shoulders back. Roll shoulders back. Take a deep breath into your belly. Recognize that you have power, that your voice is needed, is necessary more than ever before. We're tired of the same narrative, honey. We want to hear from you. Beautiful. Last one. Mm. What advice would you give to the young queer man who's afraid to come out? Oh, fuck. That's a hard one. Honey. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was going to be the easiest one. Oh, my God. Um, Oh, this is really like, it's, I, I imagine, you know, when like black parents have the conversation with, with their young black kids about like what the world is like, I don't know, you know, cause I'm not black, uh, but having like what that conversation it could be like, how difficult it is. Um, and, but, you know, coming out to your parents, well, there's two sides to this. Either your parents are, are loving and accepting and are, they are, you know, awakened Buddhists already who, who celebrate and, and love you, who already know that you're queer before you even claim that for yourself. Uh, or if they are, um, you know, just people who are trapped and they're confused, then bless their light and get the fuck out. I'm sorry. That's just the truth. We're not putting up with that shit anymore. We're not putting up with their hate. We're not putting up with their with their inability to celebrate our queerness, our blackness, our brownness. We're not putting up. We're done. Enough is enough. So what you do is you get the fuck out and you rebuild yourself. And I'm not talking about build yourself the way I did. Build yourself externally. I accumulated a lot of things. I showed, I, I was, you know, I was, I was ready to invite people in to say, I'm queer. I'm a gay man, bitch, because I have all this shit to show for. I don't need anything. For That's what I did. That was my predicament. It was my me when I was 23 years old. I was creative director of this, you know, big magazine, all the things. But that's when I invited everybody in to be like, okay, now let me tell you about me. Because I didn't, because at that point, I felt like my worth, I, my worth was, I, I was worthy because I had stuff to show for. But that, don't do that. Rebuild yourself internally. 
you know, literally sp stop spending time accumulating external things and accumulate internal freedom. After you've re rebuilt your core, then you make a choice, you know, then you make a choice. I'm going to go back home and revisit my parents uh, and say hi to them and greet them and, you know, and, and make, that was, that was what I did. I had to go away for a while to then come back. So these are very difficult questions, you know, because I'm not, I'm not black. So I don't know what it's like to enter a room and be able to say to somebody, here's what the deal is. I mean, I can tell you from my own experience of silencing myself and neglecting myself because of the predominant narrative wasn't uh, accepting of, of, of who I am, you know, and what's communicated about me non-verbally when I entered the room. I had to teach my brother and my sister a lot about that exchange because they're both um, white passing and they're both, um, they're, they're both fluid sexually kind of, but they're, you know, they're not as, as, as sexually expressed as I am. So I had to teach them as we enter a room, as we enter places, what's, how are people responding to me non-verbally, you know? So they needed to learn that. So, you know, I can't, I'm just giving you advice. I'm just giving you a little bit of advice and wisdom based on my own experience from working with black, brown and my own, you know, uh, queer experience as well. But it's, um, I think there is a period of, 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 you know, especially for the queer body, for the queer trauma, for the queer experience, there's a period of protection and then we no longer protect because they're strong enough. And then we, we go into the world. Does that make sense? It does. I just think you have such a universal message of self-love and liberation. And I, I just know a lot of people listening can learn from you. And as a cisgendered white woman who follows your content, your work has healed me. It has touched my life. And I just think you have so much to give. Just, just, just so many people. And I feel like you're just getting started. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Thank you, you, even though you've been around a minute, you <laughs> really are. I just thank really you. Thank so you. Just a few final questions for you. Seth. Yeah. Thank you for that, my love. And thank you for that beautiful reflection. True. True. Thank I know you. they were challenging questions. So thank you for, for giving. Yeah. No, this is good. This is really, you know, stick with them. That's delicious. Where do you see the world in 10 years? Oh, fuck, honey. You're not letting me have it easy, huh? Damn. Changing it. You and me and our, like, the tribe of people I see us, you know, amongst, I feel like we're shaping what it will be. What yeah. Do you want it to be in 10 years? Such a good question. I mean, what I want it to be is I want, I want homelessness to end. I want every single person to have a home. I want every single person who lives on planet Earth to have their basic needs taken care of. Beautiful. In 10 years, if, if that can happen, if we don't, if people are not starving, if people have clean water, I'm drinking this fucking epic water that the guy drops off at my house every Tuesday. It's so crazy. The person outside of my house is eating from my trash. It, it, it literally disorients my mind. And of course, then like everybody listening, you have extra money. Like, don't be, don't be greedy. Go take out $20, have several $20 in your, and I'm talking about 20, I'm talking about $5 or $1. Don't give a dollar to a homeless person. That dollar does nothing. Give a $20, you know, give money constantly to people who have nothing and don't worry about what they do with it. Worry about what's happening inside of you as you're doing it. So I want homelessness to be done. I want clean water for everybody. I want food to be on the plate of everybody. I want, you know, because unless we have basic needs taken care of, we can't work on our mind. We can't work in our, we can't connect to spirit. You know, some people can, don't get me wrong. You know, some of the wisest saints and sages that I've studied with, they came from nothing. But I'm talking about 
a lot of people, especially in the, in, in the, in, in the West, it's like our basic needs, you know, uh, if, imagine if we all had just like their basic needs taken care of, what would it be like? So that's, I wish the world would, would enter that place. And then we could start to transform our minds, you know, and, and it's not one or the other. They, it could happen simultaneously, a parallel, but um, that's what my view of it, you know, I never want to, yeah, anyways. I, oh, no, it's so good. It's yeah. so good. Everyone has a different perspective on it. And I love that that's what you said. So how do you Thank feel you. about your book coming out this month? Oh my God, I'm fucking so ecstatic. And also like, oh my God, I am published. You know, we are published with our dream publisher. You know what I mean? It's like insane that like, oh my God, here we are. Like, this is the face of the, of the next chapter. Like, this is what the next wave of, of, of what spirituality and transformation looks like. It looks like you. It looks like me, you know, it's insane, you know, the dream. so yeah, it, so it feels really wild. It's like, it's giving birth, you know, it really feels like, oh my God, giving birth. And um, I'm just so grateful and I'm looking at the, the book now and I'm just so grateful. So, so excited to like, for people to get into it and, and just like dive in and, and, and get the benefits because I'm offering you every single thing that's helped me to be here today. It's Amazing. Spiritually sassy. Eight radical steps to activate your innate superpowers. Yes. Oh, so oh, good. God. Thank you, my love. Love your oh, image, love your branding, all of the things. So Thank I'm, you. I'm so excited for you. Like I said at the beginning, I, I'm, the journey is such a labor of love. It's like birthing a baby into the world. It's so vulnerable to, to write a book and to put your work out the way that you have. And mm-hmm. I'm just so rooting for you. And I hope that everybody listening goes to buy it. Thank you. I appreciate it. My final question for you as I ask everyone the same question as we leave this this conversation. Uh, What do the words simply be mean to you? Presence. Mm -hmm. Presence. Like present moment. Present moment. And one thing that's very that's been super important for me, it's like here in the now I am safe. So when you say simply be, I'm thinking about the safety that comes from being in the present moment. And you do that so beautifully. A friend of mine reflected back to me the other day. She's like, Sa, it's taking you years to be this effortless. It's taking you years to be this present. <laughs> like, that's right. You, you would, I would be none the wiser because I feel like you've been doing it your whole life. It's so, you're so embodied. You're so embodied and unapologetically authentic. And to me, like when I think of people who give me permission and set me free, it's people like you. And I'm not just saying that because we're talking. It's the truth. And I was so excited that you were coming on my show. I am such oh a true, true fan and, and excited to be in your universe now because we're, we're it sounds true. So oh, shit, honey. Cool. I can't wait to celebrate your book. Oh, my God. This is so epic. Major fucking congrats, honey. Oh. You too. You too. Yes. yes. And we have the same editor and same with Alexandra, whose book was amazing. Fuck like a goddess was yeah. shout out to our friend, to a friend. Yeah. So it just, the work that they're doing at that publishing house, I, I see that Diana specifically sort of identified these big voices of the future and 
I mean, when I got that offer, I was like, well, shit, like Eckhart Tolle, Daniel Laporte, Miriam Williamson, like I'll, yes, I'll take that deal. I'll join that, tra- that clan. That's right. It's, it, oh my God. And thank you, everyone, everywhere who created the conditions for us to be able to, you know, be here right now and to offer, offer this wisdom and these teachings. Thank you so much. And, you know, continue to pay homage to the radical saints who have paved the path before us for us to be here, you know, wildly ourselves. So thank you. Spiritually sassy. Naturally, honey. Naturally. Where can people mm. find you, Sa? Tell us all the places. Um, my website's called myhealingally.com. Like an ally, like I'm your ally. Myhealingally.com. Um, you can find me on Instagram and TikTok, both at Sa DeSimone, S-A-H-D-S-I-M-O-N-E. And, um, and support the book, you know, support the book, Spiritually Sassy. Um, go get it. Either you can get it. I mean, there's a link in my bio that shows like all the places you can get it. Look for your, for your bookstore that's close to your house. Look yeah. on their website. Go there. You know, um, as well as if you're like, oh, no, I'm just going to go to Amazon, whatever floats your boat, but support the independent bookstores as well. Please. I'll link all of that too in the show notes. Perfect. Thank you for shining your light on my show. But most of all, thank you for shining your light in the world. Oh my God. Thank you, honey. You're truly such a joy to talk to. And thank you for everything. Oh, hey, it's me again. If you loved this podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review. And if you leave a review, don't forget to screenshot it, DM it to me over on Instagram, at Jessica Zweig. I respond to everybody to get the private Spotify playlist of the month inspired by the monthly B intention. And don't forget to follow me at Jessica Zweig and at Simply Be Agency on IG and check out jessicazweig.com and simplybeagency.com for more info on my upcoming book launch, our work, and how to become a part of the Simply Be Society. And speaking of the Simply Be Society, as a listener of the show, you're officially invited to join our private Facebook group exclusively for the podcast, where you can connect with a community of like-minded, badass lightworkers, all on a mission to build their brands, uplevel their lives, and expand their souls by stopping all the doing and start simply being. You'll find the link to it all in the episode show notes. Until next week, my friend, have a beautiful, bright, sunny, yellow week.